0: Welcome to the Exec MBA Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to share my recent conversation with Debbie Herndon. Debbie is a student in our Executive MBA class of 2023, and she and I recently connected to talk more about her MBA journey. We talk about how she decided to pursue an MBA, what ultimately led her to Darden, what the impact of the program has been thus far, and so much more. I think you're really gonna enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here's my interview with Debbie Herndon. Debbie, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, Brett. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, it's great to have you here. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Sorry for my voice. I just came back from a conference and I think I talked a little too much.
0: (laughs) That's okay. Um, exciting time. Life continues, work continues all while you're trying to do the executive MBA program. So it sounds like a full schedule for you as of late. Absolutely.
1: Yes. Enjoying every minute of it though.
0: All right. So tell us a little bit more about where you are in the program right now.
1: So, uh, we are getting ready to start quarter five. We just finished our, uh, finals. So that was, uh, exciting. It's always good to have the next round of finals, uh, over. But um, we're looking forward to uh, quarter five. And uh, I believe at the end of quarter five, we are halfway there.
0: That's right. Yeah, it's a 21 month program consisting of 10 two month quarters. After quarter five, you are officially at the halfway mark. That's always a fun time. And quarter five, what courses are are you taking? And we just reviewed the courses for the class of 2024 with them last night. But sometimes the course sequence is a little bit different from from year to year. So what are you all taking in quarter five?
1: So we're going to take Ops um, 2 and um, Decision Analysis 2. Looking forward to that. one of the great things about Darden is, although you're taking um, different courses, uh, the second part of it, um, like the first time we took decision analysis, for example, it was with Robert Carraway and um, absolutely enjoyed him. And uh, but this time we'll have uh, a different uh, professor leading us. So it's always nice to have that uh, that change. So I do appreciate that.
0: That's right, sometimes it's the same faculty member in part one and part two, and then sometimes it's different folks, it gives you a chance to meet more of the faculty. Do you also have marketing uh, in, this, in this quarter? We do,
1: yes, you're right, we have marketing as well.
0: That's right, for our listeners who are just learning about the Executive MBA program, you're typically taking three classes at a time. So um, in the core, so as Debbie shared, some of the classes are broken into part one and part two. Uh, so operations one, operations two, for example, Um, And then DA1, DA2, decision analysis, all of this jargon, all these acronyms that you'll get to know as part of the program. And I think this is the first time you've had marketing, correct?
1: It is. It is. So looking forward to it.
0: All right. Well, let's talk a little bit more about you. Tell us about your story and your background. Who are you? So
1: um, I am one of the oldest members of the class of 2023. I actually think I made the... um, Uh, PowerPoint briefing that was given as the oldest member, Um, but uh, I have spent my career uh, supporting the DOD and the IC missions, and uh, I raised three children uh, on my own and uh, enjoyed every minute of that, and now I'm a nana of three grandchildren. So, um, work full-time, love being a mom, love being a nana.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit more about your class because one of the things that people sometimes fixate on when they look at the Executive MBA program is that word executive, and they wonder who's in the classroom. And what we really try to share is we have students from all stages of career, roughly, you know, about five years into their careers all the way to 25, sometimes 30 plus years into their career. You mentioned that you're one of the more experienced members of the class, you've you've worked a bit longer than some of your classmates. What's that dynamic like for you to be at that point in your career um, versus maybe some of your classmates who are a little bit earlier in that journey?
1: Actually, um, that's one of the best things about Darden is um, just the the broad range of ages, careers, um, the level of experiences. Um, For me, I find it refreshing You know, I'm sure we'll talk about the case study method uh, coming up here. But, um, you know, with the case study method and participating in class, just hearing all the feedback from the different levels of experience in class is just amazing. We have um, individuals that are generals, doctors, lawyers, lawyers. Other executives that have accounting backgrounds, uh, CFOs, it's just, it goes on and on. Um, And everyone is just treated as equals. And uh, we have uh, the opportunity to have two individuals in our class that uh, one is uh, a senior VP at CNN, and another one is a a senior VP at uh, New Seven. So um, just, just amazing classmates.
0: So it's interesting to hear you talk about your classmates. I think one of the things that's really cool for students when they come to this program is, you know your industry, you know your company, but you're now surrounded by people from very different backgrounds who've had very different experiences than you. you. And, of course, because of the way that you're learning, it's discussion-based, it's participatory. You're getting to hear from them. That must be exciting.
1: Oh, absolutely. It's so enriching um, and invigorating when you're in class just to… be able to hear other students' uh, outlooks, it, it actually, it, it really enriches you. And there's so much that you can take back and immediately use uh, within your own career, regardless of what background they have. There are things that, uh, you know, some of the uh, physicians that we have in class, uh, just a, a different outlook. And it's um, it's it, it just is mind-boggling to me and the energy that I get every time I, uh, especially when I'm on grounds. But um, yes, the, uh, the experience of being able to interact with so many different uh, students, uh, their backgrounds, um, everything is used immediately. You can just really take back anything that, uh, that they add value and immediately apply it to your life, whether it's professionally or personally.
0: So, Debbie, how did you get interested in pursuing an MBA?
1: So, it was actually always a goal of mine. Um, and uh, I found myself, as I was trying to raise my family and manage a career, climb up the ladder, uh, I just didn't have time. So, at the end of, um, end of the summer of 2020, early fall of 2020, Uh, I found myself needing a new challenge. And um, I thought, you know what, now's the right time. And I started uh, uh, looking into programs and immediately Darden just um, really excelled as far in my mind of what they had to offer Um, from the case studies, from the clubs, the activities, and And honestly, the appreciation that Darden has for an executive program and understanding how you need to balance work and life and uh, the camaraderie that just came through over and over through the podcasts, through uh, looking on the web. I attended the coffee sessions with an organization called NEW. It's the Network of Executive Women. Um, it, it was just really a family environment and just seemed like the perfect fit.
0: So one of the things that we know that students wrestle with a lot is not necessarily the question of, you know, why an MBA, I think most people ultimately decide, yes, this is something that I, that I want to do. I know it can be helpful for my career. The win is a lot harder for people to figure out. Um, how did you figure out that timing, Debbie?
1: Indeed, the when is is always difficult. But um, when I you know for me, it was in the middle of uh, the pandemic, right? Um, and uh, it just seemed like the right time where I really didn't have any other extracurricular activities, the volunteering that I had done, everything kind of stopped for a little while. Um, So it just seemed like the right time. Uh, There are things in my career that, uh, you know, a lot of the information I have um, touched on with throughout my career, but I just wanted to take a deeper dive and look at how, um, how I might be able to apply new thinking uh, to my career. And uh, it just seemed like the perfect time.
0: One of the things that I know from conversations with prospective students that oftentimes when people are a little bit further along in their career and they start thinking about an MBA, uh, they also are kind of wrestling with that ROI question of like, am I, you know, do I have enough, uh, you know, runway left in my career for this to make sense from an investment standpoint? How did you think through that?
1: Well, Brett, that's a fantastic question. Uh, For me, it was actually an easy decision, you know, from a return on investment. uh, It doesn't matter how old you are. If you want to learn, I'm somebody who has a lot of energy. I'm not looking to retire anytime soon. So, um, you know, just the value that you get um, for me, understanding the other uh, different perspectives, and I'm going to say generations. There are people in their 30s and their 20s, late 20s, early 30s, 40s, uh, into their 50s. It's important as an executive to be able to understand the mindsets of the different generations, um, and Darden brings all that together, um, and I think from just being able to interact and grow, it's so valuable. Um, so return on investment, its it was there from the beginning. Uh, can't take away everything that I've learned. Uh, and I just know that there's going to be some great, new, exciting uh, opportunities for me as a result.
0: You mentioned being at the point in the program, kind of approaching that halfway point. But when you came to Darden, um, did you have much background in what you were learning about in those early quarters? What was that adjustment process like to balance work, life, and school as, a, as an executive MBA student? Um, so uh,
1: initially, it, it, it's like uh, drinking from the fire hose for sure. But um, it's, it was very exciting um, experience with the topics. Yes, I had had experience with uh, leadership. I had experience with decision analysis. Uh, I had had experience with accounting, finance, but again, um, there's always a new approach. Um, A lot of the things that were taught uh, within um, finance, for example, focused on operations, uh, and it's just a different perspective. Um, Initially, coming and adjusting, it's a whirlwind. But it's an exciting whirlwind. And uh, I can't say enough good things about uh, the way that Darden introduces you uh, and makes you feel comfortable with the curriculum. You spend that first week on grounds uh, in Charlottesville. You uh, get to meet your learning team. You interact with all of your classmates. And during that week, if um, the the relationships that are immediately uh, formed because you're all in it together. The support system. So how do you get through it? You have learning teams. You have an amazing uh, class overall support system. The professors, um, you know, the the faculty that uh, helps the students overall. Uh, yourself, Brett, (laughs) you know, uh, I know that we transition away from you somewhat, but you've stayed active uh, at each of the on-grounds, and and we really appreciate that about you. But uh, it's a welcoming atmosphere, and everyone is in it. And, you know, the other great thing is the the class above you. So for us, it was the class of 2022, and they were present from the get-go, and they help you along, and they say, hey, we remember that. And they actually offer tutoring as well. So when you get through that and you're getting ready to hit your first set of exams, you're like, oh, you don't know what to expect. You have so many questions. And you know what? They're right there. And so many times you don't even realize that you're going to have these questions and they've already anticipated everything for you between the professors and uh, the class above you. So it just it's just a great, uh, great experience.
0: That's all great to hear, Debbie. The second-year tutors, it's a relatively recent addition to the academic support resources available to Executive MBA students, but it's such a such a great thing. And I think it's a wonderful example of how students support each other through this program. I mean, think about those second-year students. They're, they're busy. They've got a lot of things going on, very full lives, just like all of our Executive MBA students. And yet, they are taking time to help and support first-year students. As they navigate, it's typically the more quantitatively oriented classes, accounting, finance, global economies and markets, decision analysis. Some of those classes that can be a bit more challenging for students if they don't have that prior background or exposure. So um, that's one of the things um, that's been really cool to see develop over the past couple of years.
1: Yeah, we um, we have uh, learned to appreciate them so much and uh, I'm I'm glad you said uh, quantitative cuz right off the bat you're either quantitative or qualitative and uh yeah those those that have that uh, quantitative mind uh even your own classmates uh jump in so uh yes the the upper class uh 20 for us like I said the class of 2022 uh have just been helpful uh even even when you're your first on grounds they're there to t- walk you through um And, you know, having uh, them there and always available for questions as well as your own classmates, um, just supportive all around.
0: I want to talk a little bit more about the time management strategies you employed, because you started off by saying, look, I've, I've I've got a demanding career. I'm also a grandmother and, you know, I've got three grandkids that I help out with. Like, how did you find... Time you know in your schedule, what were your what were your strategies for managing uh, the schoolwork that you have to do?
1: So that's a great question. Um, you know what i I actually employed I'd start out one way and then um, I'd employ new tactics uh, as you go through the first uh, quarter um, basically making school a priority. Um, so I really uh, from a work perspective, I started work a little bit early. Uh, I made sure that I uh, ended at an appropriate time. But uh, Darden really takes into account um, the working professionals. Uh, we have class uh, twice a week for my session. Uh, it's Tuesdays and Thursdays so far. So that's been pretty um, uh consistent and it's that consistency that actually helps as well. But our classes don't start until seven. So if you end up having meetings that run over a little bit, uh, you know, a seven o'clock start is always great. Um, prepping. Uh, so for me, again, I really like to learn. I usually spend a Saturday or a Sunday the full day. Um, just to just to dig a little deeper. Um, so I usually use the weekends uh, to catch up and and to actually work ahead a little bit. I try to stay at least a a week ahead. <laughs> so, um, but the balance actually ends up um, becoming a natural instinct. Um, and you just ebb and flow. You have to have a little bit of patience with yourself, taking notes. Ha- what format are you going to use? What computer are you going to use? Are you going to take uh, notes handwritten? Are you going to highlight your notes? Are you going to print the case studies ahead of time and write notes? Or Are you going to do everything on your computer and actually just kind of um, test each method until you find what works best for you?
0: Well, as you know, you do have a, few week long experiences in the program. You mentioned the leadership residency at the beginning of the program. There's also another one at the end. And then there's also a global trip or several global trips, depending upon which format you are. But the real core of the schedule is these once a month weekend residencies that take place in Roslyn. And then during the core curriculum in particular, Online class on Tuesday and, and Thursday evenings. You'll continue to have distance session online, cl- distance sessions, online classes during the elective period too. But where Debbie is in the in the program right now in the core, uh, those classes take place on Tuesday and Thursday evenings from seven to eight thirty p.m. So a lot to lot to fit in. Uh, Debbie, I really appreciated your your note around kind of the ebb and flow and trying things and experimenting a little bit and, you know, some things work. maybe some things don't work quite as well for you and you continue to refine. I think there's a tendency for prospective students to feel like, oh, I've got to have this all figured out before I even start the program. And if I can't be absolutely certain how this is all going to work, maybe I, maybe I can't do this right now. What would you say to a prospective student wrestling with that?
1: Um. Great question. Uh, I think from a perspective student, you are pretty hard on yourself and you want to make sure everything's perfect. Um, Give yourself a break. Um, Come to school, come to Darden with an open mind um, and flexibility. Um, I think you'll find out very quickly that you're not alone and your classmates are always there to give you another way to look at something. Um, So from my perspective, you know, there are some applications that I just hadn't used before. And they're like, hey, this is how I do it. And the great thing about your classmates, too, is, you know, we're all in it together. But some of them have these great ideas that they're just always willing to share and we share it with everyone. So as soon as somebody comes up with a great idea or a new approach, we kind of post it. So our class uh, chose Discord, and that's how we communicate with each other outside of um, email or Canvas. And um, everybody will shoot ideas out there and it's just fantastic. So um, for prospective students, uh, don't focus on that. Don't focus on being perfect and having to know everything before you get there. Um, because you know what, once you're in the program, you find that it just, it works and things become natural that you might not have thought would be. And uh, there's always somebody there to, uh, to assist you.
0: I want to stay with this a little bit more, Debbie, because I appreciate so much of what you shared. Um, I agree that prospective students are typically pretty hard on themselves, you know, looking for a perfect time and maybe trying to sort of I think there's a tendency for prospective students to kind of talk themselves out of this, right? Like, oh, I don't have the right background or I'm not this kind of person or that kind of person. There's so many different kinds of people uh, in this program, so many different kinds of people who can be successful here at, at Darden. A lot of this comes down to, you know, attitude, motivation, uh, your willingness to kind of bring curiosity and excitement to the learning experience, your your openness to other perspectives. I mean, there's, I mean, that is, that's more of an orientation than, than a background, per se, or at least that's how I think about it.
1: Oh, I, I agree completely. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, like I mentioned, coming with an open mind. If you love to learn, um, this is the place for you. Darden just... Um, excels in every area. And and I'm not just saying, it's just everything about Darden. I am a a walking billboard for Darden because um, there is nothing about this experience so far that uh, has disappointed me. Uh, And to be quite frank, um, it's it's exceeded any expectation I ever had. Um, So if you are thinking about uh, taking this opportunity, you know what, you can talk yourself out of it um, by saying, hey, I don't have time. Yes, you do. If learning is a priority for you, uh, don't be hard on yourself. Uh, this is this is a great opportunity, a great time. And as a matter of fact, Darden um, thinks about the student and the learning environment so much that they've also started a part-time program as well. Um, so, if uh, the executive MBA approach is not the right one, uh, you can take the part-time uh, one as well. But uh, the full-time—if you're thinking about it, do it. <laughs> it's just uh, you won't—it's re- something you won't regret.
0: Well, Debbie, one of the things uh, that came up last night in an admitted student town hall we were we were hosting with the executive MBA class of 2024, and helping them get ready. Uh, for the start of school. Obviously we're still very much working on, on that class. We got a few more deadlines to go. But as you know from your experience, we typically will start hosting some admitted student events just to give people a chance to hear more about the experience. We record all of these things, but you know, the start of school is just a few months away here for, for that class. And that's always fun to be on online. We had a couple of faculty join for that session. And one of them said something that I thought was really interesting. Uh, so, the a finance faculty member here at Darden and said, hey, look, you know, there's a couple different ways to look at it. It was actually more than a couple, but there's a few different ways to look at an executive MBA program. You, you could look at this as like, oh, man, all the work I have to do or how am I going to fit this into my schedule? The other way to look at it is potentially as a breather from everything else going on in your life, like the opportunity to be in class, to be in an academic environment, to be learning to be surrounded by incredibly talented, smart, bright, motivated people who are all asking big questions about who they are and where they're going. I mean, that's also a nice break from the grind of work or other other commitments you might have on your plate just to kind of be present and maybe focus on something that is for you um, and, and, and about your own growth and development. Uh, so just something that I thought was interesting.
1: So I, I agree with that comment 100%. Uh, it is a break, um, and uh, one of the things that Darden does very well too is we have uh, something called PAC, and it's our um, professional development course, and uh, it talks it's it's all about careers and getting you ready. So I'm sure they've heard about uh, the climber switcher entrepreneur, and um, <clears throat> excuse me, that's one of the. Um, areas that I was concerned about coming in, you know, I don't know, I want to do the entrepreneur, but what if I get there and I decide I want to climb my career? What if I decide that I want to switch? And uh, so I do want to say to prospective students, if you have uh, listened to the podcast and you've done your research uh, and you've heard about uh, some of the students talking about climbing, switching or entrepreneur uh, don't worry about it because guess what? You get to change. Uh, if you start uh, down your Darden career path and all of a sudden you realize, hey, you know what? I think I, I think I want to be an entrepreneur. I was going to climb the ladder, but boy, after I'm uh, listening to um, some of my classmates and I'm uh, learning all this uh, new uh, insights, uh, hey, I want to be an entrepreneur now. Um, they absolutely uh, provide you the tools and the resources to do that as well. So don't ever feel limited at all there's nothing limiting about this program at all
0: you're right that for most students this is about exploration right in the, in the application process we we ask students for their short term and long term career goal and how an mba uh, fits into that but we also we also accept that there's a lot of transformation that will happen during this experience you'll be surrounded by a group of people as as noted who are you know, different than you, different backgrounds, experiences, industries, et cetera. Um, you will also be in class learning about things that maybe you've had no prior exposure to. You'll be asking a lot of big questions uh, about your, your career, where you'd like to go through courses like the professional advancement course, which is in quarter one for our executive MBA students. Uh, it's also in the part-time curriculum, interestingly enough. Um. after about the, after students have been in, in the program and in, in the part-time program for about a year. Um, and so uh, opportunities all along uh, to kind of engage with your career goals and, and where you'd like to go. And of course, it's very natural for those things to evolve, but there is support very broadly here at Darden for a lot of different career aspirations for executive MBA students, which I think is one of those things that more often than not, uh, Debbie, when we talk with prospective students, one of the questions that we get is like, "Can you switch careers through the Executive MBA program?" And I think that that uh, question may be coming from conversations with with other programs, or just maybe misperceptions of the executive of who's in an Executive MBA program. Uh, but my answer is always resoundingly, "Of course, yes, you you can switch," and and there are you know probably over half of the students in our Executive MBA class kind of pursuing possibly a different function and or industry.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. The opportunities are endless. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of students too, that, uh, are in the military and looking towards a new career, uh, once they, uh, exit the military and, um, the opportunities that, uh, that I watch them, you know, I talk to them quite a bit. I get excited to listen to my fellow classmates and, and what they want to get from Darden and, um, it's, it's so exciting to watch as well as a fellow student. Uh, t- we've had so many promotions <laughs> during this time. Uh, and so we have homeroom at the beginning of every um, on grounds. And uh, a lot of people have announced their promotions. And of course, we advertise it on Discord so we can support one another. But uh, you know, there are a lot of people that uh, have just in the you know four quarters that we've completed, that have decided, hey, you know what? I want to switch careers. And uh, it's all because of uh, the experience that they've had so far at Darden.
0: I appreciate your mentioning the Discord conversation that you have. Of course, that's a platform for for chatting, talking. It was a, a recommendation that came from a member of the, of the Executive MBA Class of 2022, uh, one of the ESA, Executive Student Association leaders, who said, hey, you might want to consider using this channel as opposed to Slack. I think the 2024s uh, are using Slack, which is has been popular in the past. WhatsApp is another, uh, another application that students have used to communicate and connect prior to the start of school and kind of maintain connection uh, within the class. It's, it's fun to see that come together from an admissions standpoint. I mean, so here we are, you know, a few months to the start of school, and the 2024s already are having uh, those conversations. Even though we're still working on the class, it's still coming together. Um, nevertheless, you know, they've already started organizing on their own. And to me, that says a lot about the people who choose this kind of program.
1: Oh, I love to hear that. Um, you know, Darden, Darden sets you up for success, uh, in, in your coursework, uh, as you're prepping. So for those students that are getting ready to start, uh, coming up here in August, um, I can't recommend enough, uh, as Brett had mentioned, uh, some of the, uh, get-togethers that you have, the, the admitted students and uh, attending some of the mock classes. Anytime you have an opportunity to do so, I'd highly recommend it. Um, there are students that uh, we recognized each other that first week just on Zoom. They're like, hey, I used to see you on all the sessions. Uh, so it's an immediate connection. But uh, yeah, you know, something that you had mentioned, Brett, as I was listening to you uh, once I had been accepted to Darden, you know, in a podcast, you mentioned something that has always stuck with me. You're like, there are so many activities, but, um, you might not be able to get to do them all. I'm a type A person and, um, I wanted to do everything. So, um, I was like, I'm going to do that. Yes, I am. And I'm going to get perfect grades all the time. And, um, it really stuck with me because as I, there were first uh, couple sessions of things that I had wanted to attend. I'm like, ah, I can't do that. And that's the same time as this. And I just remember that, uh, that great insight. So I forgave myself and I said, okay, it's okay. If I don't make that one, uh, I'll make the next one. But, uh, you know, it that is also an exciting piece because uh, there's always uh, something that you can do to get involved. And you might think, well, h- how am I going to get involved in other things? I've got work. I've got uh, school coming up. I need to do read my case study or I've got exams. And you know what? It's amazing what you can fit in. So, um, yeah, it's a, give yourself a break when you need to. And if you have to miss a extracurricular activity, it's Okay. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's exciting.
0: One of the things that we talked about in a recent application tips episode, uh, Kath, my colleague Catherine Alford, Debbie, who I, who I know you know well, uh, she mentioned uh, the importance of prioritization and how so much of this experience is also an opportunity for students to practice mm-hmm. evaluating what's most important at any given time, this kind of C-suite executive leadership type Function where you you can't do everything, uh, and you also have to let other people do some things, and so you have to figure out like what's most important for you at any given time. You know that varies for our students as they progress through the program. Sometimes it's life, sometimes it's work, sometimes it's school, and you can't can't do it all. So having that very clear sense of your priorities, your non-negotiables, uh, that is super important, and maybe an opportunity for you to practice a skill set you might be pulling upon as you. Uh, get, get up further along in your
1: career? 100% well stated. Yes, um, definitely. I have had that experience. And, uh, and I'm glad you brought up the C-suite. Um, I do believe that Darden specifically um, has so many activities to get involved in so you can make those split uh, moment decisions if you need to. And uh, the course curriculum absolutely um, uh, allows for that as well. Um, and I, and I, it's a it's a key skill set that you don't realize that you need all the time because it seems intuitive or it might not seem intuitive. Right. But uh, it is it is definitely important and to be able to know what priorities you know, this quarter, it might be one priority. Next quarter, you might have to switch it. You might have a few work priorities that you. Uh, have to take precedence, uh, depending on what is going on in your life. Um, but you know, one thing I would like to bring up is the learning teams. Um, and I've said this uh, to a lot of the faculty, I don't know what the admissions team and Brett Twitty do to make up the learning teams, but the learning teams are valuable. And, uh, you have a group of six people that, uh, it's, you know, for us, we're sticking through it. The whole two years uh, uh, we are staying together. But they also help. So if there's a time where, you know what, you might have to have a little bit of support and split uh, the work up, they're there for you. Um, but again, it's all about the prioritization, like you just mentioned, Brett.
0: Well, the learning teams, uh, I will note, are a joint production between admissions and student affairs. So Laura Bordoni and I worked on the learning teams for your class, uh, Debbie. I feel like every year we've gotten a little bit more refined in terms of how we think about putting the teams together. Uh, we use student feedback to help us think about some of that teaming. And I, I can't say that we get it all right all the time, but I do feel like we have really listened to students and tried to be as thoughtful as we can. And, you know, for people who are newer to learning about Darden, learning team, as Debbie notes, is a five, six-person team, students from different backgrounds. You try to have some people from a quantitative background, some folks with a qualitative background um, on the team, so that you have natural touch points as you progress through the curriculum, people that you can immediately turn to um, as you you navigate those courses that may be a little bit less familiar to you. And, And I think the broader story to keep in mind is, as you as you hear all of this, is that you're you're not alone uh, as you navigate this. There's so many resources to Debbie's earlier point. Well, Debbie, I'm curious about um, about what you're looking forward to uh, in the, in the months ahead. You know, when you think about the program, where things are going, you're approaching the halfway mark. What are you excited about?
1: Um, I, I'm just excited about uh, you know some of the new curriculum that's coming out. Uh, just continuing on and, um, you know, <laughs> it, it's kind of bittersweet, you know, that that halfway point uh, we've already said that we're all going to get together afterwards and, uh, you know, yeah, of course I'm going to look forward to graduation, right? But um, just continuing on, I've gained so much in these four quarters uh, and I'm just looking forward to it where will I be after the next five quarters? You know, um, I've changed already as an individual. Um, I look at things so much differently that, um, wow, if they, if I could do have this mindset, um, you know, again, my first year in what will, what will it be like, uh, you know, two quarters from now, four quarters from now, um, It's just uh, sky's the limit. Sky's the limit. There are so many tools and resources that I feel are still yet untapped. So looking forward to it.
0: Well, I love that focus on development, uh, the growth that you've had. I think that's such a good frame for the experience, right? I think in academic experiences, it's really easy to kind of get locked into what grade did I make in this course? or you know, how did I perform in this class? But I think the kind of growth, development, learning orientation is ultimately maybe the better frame for something like the Executive MBA program, which, as noted, has some complexity to it. You know, you're trying to do a lot while you're in this program. And, you know, thinking about where you are versus where you started is maybe, maybe one of the better ways to conceptualize uh, the impact of the program.
1: Uh, Yes. uh, 100%. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward also to um, more engagement with some of the students that I haven't uh, been able to as much to date. Um, You know, again, we're switching each quarter. We switch um, classes from um, sections. So, as you know, we're divided into two sections. And we just change our sections up each semester. And uh, I want to pull the thread on something you said earlier, Brett, about how, um, you know, the faculty and the students work together. Uh, one of the things that we asked for was to make sure that we have more interaction with every single student in our course. So there are 140 of us. And if you think that you can't be friends with 140 students, you are mistaken because, you um, the interaction that we all have together, uh, you know, we ask for a combined homeroom. And uh, one of the most exciting opportunities that Darden uh, provides is that ability to be a leader uh, at Darden, the ability to voice what works well, what doesn't work well, and um, for the faculty to work with you, and as I just mentioned, you know the home room. Uh, we didn't get to see some of our other students, and so we said, "Hey, what about a combined home room?" So you know what we all do: we go to Sands uh, Family Grounds, and we're all together in one room for about 20 minutes uh, before we split. And uh, it's exciting. Um, and so they've also allowed us to, each time we start a new quarter, we switch it up. So that part uh, I'm looking forward to as well, getting to know some of the students on a deeper level uh, through class. Uh, And the one thing I want to also hit on, I'm sure the prospective students have heard about cold calls, (laughs) the Darden cold call. Um, And I will tell you, one of the things that you learn is an outcome from that. If you are a little bit shy, if you don't like to speak up in class, please don't be afraid of the cold calls. Um, you'll be prepared. And I will tell you, it is a safe environment. What uh, you have to share, what you think might not be important, I can guarantee is a, it is important to one of your fellow classmates. And your perspective is absolutely important. So I encourage each and every person to raise your hand. And if you end up being cold call, I know you'll be ready. Uh, it uh, And you'll find out that there's a lot of students there. That uh, whatever question you have, guess what? They have it too.
0: Well, a couple of definitional things for our listeners who are maybe just orienting towards the program. Home room is a is an activity um, that happens on the first day of a weekend residency. It typically kicks off around eleven thirty or so. Uh, the first class doesn't start till noon, but it's typically you near know, time for the full classes, Debbie notes, uh, here to, to be together and just share updates and, and announcements. It's probably, to me, it's like such a joyful way to start uh, the weekend residency because it's always like, oh, we uh, just found out we're having a baby or we got a new job, or we just welcomed a new addition to our family or some other life event club activity, hey, we have this social event going on. I mean, it's just such a wonderful reminder of just how interesting and exciting um, it is to be a member of this of this community. Um, and the other thing I'll, I'll mention here uh, for people who are still learning a bit about Darden, maybe wondering a little bit about what a cold call is. So, a uh, cold call uh, is something you'll hear from Darden alumni, Darden students. It's when you go to class and you're sitting there and, and you do not volunteer to speak. Uh, the faculty member just calls on you and says, oh, uh, Debbie, Tell us a little bit about what's going on in this case and, and what, what decision you think we should should make here. Um, you know, something along those lines. And uh, you didn't volunteer, uh, but nevertheless, you have the opportunity to speak up. And I do think for most starting students, the first time it happens, maybe some uh, heart, heart palpitations, a little bit of excitement um, around that. Uh, but you get used to that. I mean it's like a meeting, you know, sometimes you go to meetings and, uh, people say, you know, Debbie, we'd really like to hear from you on this issue. And whether you were prepared or not to talk on that particular thing, you got to find a way to, uh, to share, um, and to have a perspective. I-, I think it, it has a real developmental purpose
1: too. Uh, 100%, uh, you know, speaking in public isn't always for everyone, but I'll tell you when you go through these classes and you're speaking up with your classmates, uh, if you were ever shy about it or were intimidated by it. It is a uh, an unexpected result. Uh, for me, I tend to talk a lot, so it wasn't a problem. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I've even uh, noticed uh, how much I enjoy it much more, public speaking much more. And there's a different level of excitement that I think I can now bring to some of the um, Times and briefings that I have to do publicly. Um, different, le- you know. Again, you learn new skill sets. I a, I've been publicly speaking for years, but uh, I have learned some new skill sets. That, uh, for example, uh, one of them is tell a story. I'm like, I ca- I can't tell a story. What? You know, it has I tried to think of one, but uh, I I shared with a classmate. You know, hey, I don't I don't tell stories. And uh, my classmate gave me a great example of a story that he used, and I said, okay, I, I can connect those dots, and uh, I've started to add that, in it, and immediately it allows you to have that um, camaraderie with the audience uh, and uh, I think that's been helpful, but you'll find through your coursework uh, and the program overall, there are so many things that are positive outcomes that you don't initially think of when you're first getting involved. Um, And again, uh, being a better public speaker, um, I think is one of them for me.
0: You're right. Lots of opportunity to practice. Also, it's a safe environment. Everybody's in this developmental uh, place. Um, I want to ask you two more questions, Debbie. I know it's a busy work day for you. And so as we wrap up here, I want to come back to something that we talked about a little bit earlier. And I, I want to speak to this directly because actually, I think this comes up with a lot of our prospective students who are further along in their careers looking at our executive MBA program, wondering about being a member of a, a community that has, as noted, you know, folks all the way from their, you know, maybe late 20s to uh, late fifties, early sixties, in, in some classes beyond uh, that, and wondering what's it like to be uh, a more experienced member of that cohort. Will I be accepted? Will I be able to find um, friends here? You know, wh- what's what's the welcome for someone uh, with my particular background? And I wonder if you have something you might you might share or just some thoughts on that particular question.
1: Oh wow, Brett, um, you touched on something that initially. Uh, I I have to admit, I was a little concerned about, um, I tend to have a pretty positive outlook on life. And I wanted to dive in. And I will tell you, my fellow students uh, have made me feel so welcome. And I thought, I'm going to stick out like a sore thumb, you know, Uh, I even have white hair. (laughs) But, um, you know, I found them uh, catching up with me after class. Uh, and saying hey you know how have you done this um i want to hear more from you um and uh wanna one, one of the key points is, you know, we all get together uh, after class as well when we're on grounds. And sometimes I'm like, ah, did I say the right thing? Did I, you know, in class when I raised my hand and I said, Hey, you know, there was a time a long time ago, this is what we went through. And I thought, ah, you know, is that really relevant to them? And you'll get these little cheers, you know, during class. Um, they'll uh, pop up on your screen, you know, well done. And, you know, it's it's that support. Uh, so from for me, I have felt completely accepted um, and actually appreciated um, because of the career that I've had and because I have decided to come at this point in my career. Um, I, I think that uh, the value that I've received from them Uh, They've made me feel that I've given value back, and uh, that's important to me.
0: Yeah, that two-way street is a huge part of the learning experience, both contributing and also being open to others' contributions. So, uh, Debbie, I have one last question for you as we wrap up here. Uh, What's one piece of advice, uh, a tip you would share with our listeners here? you're thinking about um, an an MBA program, thinking about an executive MBA, thinking about Darden, uh, what would you encourage them to think about?
1: Um, so thank you for that question, Brett. Um, the biggest thing that I can, the, the best advice I feel that I can bring is one, uh, as elementary as this is going to sound, you can do it. You've got a great support system. Now is the time. Don't make excuses. Don't think later on. Uh, you can do this now and, uh, definitely come with an open mind come with the uh, mindset that you want to learn and that um, be ready for change. Be ready for change. It will change your life for the positive in every aspect.
0: Well, Debbie, that's such a powerful note to end on. I think we'll wrap up right here, but thank you so much for your time today. It's such a pleasure as always catching up with you. And one of the joys for members of our admissions team is remembering, you know, meeting students when they were early on in this process and just thinking about applying and then to see them come to Darden and, and be where you are in the program. And in the case of our class of 2022, you know, getting ready for LR2, the very end of the program. Um, we're recording this in, in late April. And it's just an incredible thing to see people move through the program and grow and develop, um, not just as as business professionals, but also as as people. I think that's something that's important to keep in mind. You do a lot of self-work to while you're in this program.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for your time, Brett. And I appreciate the opportunity uh, to speak with you and uh, hopefully uh, make a difference to somebody who's uh, uh, getting excited, ready to come on board. And for those who um, are teetering on whether they wanna apply, um, it's gonna be great.
0: And that was my interview with Debbie Herndon, a student in our Executive MBA class of 2023. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at exec, that's E-X-E-C, MBA at darden.virginia.edu. Until next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.